He is coming again. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But I tell you, till He comes, He didn't tell us to stay and wait. He told us to watch. There's time to work. He told us to work and occupy. Amen. And you know, one thing that you see during these seasons is you see so much supernatural around these movies on TV. Magic and Christmas magic and Christmas spirit. And you see all these different things where it's all make-believe and it just seems to be a season centered around make-believe. But how many know it's a season centered around supernatural? And they try to make it up to be magical, but it's supernatural. And that the Lord Jesus has a way of doing things that He show up in your life and He'll bring you places you've never even dreamed you could go before. You know, they talk about flying reindeer and getting caught in a globe or doing this and doing that, and they show all these different things. But how many of you know they can't beat the true story of Christmas? I mean, you don't see them making a movie about a lady up in ages, and all of a sudden she becomes pregnant. And then about a virgin who becomes pregnant. When they get together, they have a time in the Holy Ghost. You don't see movies about older, an older person and a virgin getting pregnant. You don't see them telling stories about a priest who went in there just to do his daily duty. And all of a sudden, an angel appears to him and tells him that he's getting ready to have a prophet as a son, and his son is going to prepare the way for the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, because he wants to start speaking doubtful, he's hit, and he all of a sudden, he can't speak no more, and he can't speak until he ends up writing his name down when he's born John, and then his tongue is loosed, and then he starts prophesying. I tell you, our story beats their stories. You don't see their stories about being born in a a barn or a manger. It's just such a small uh, beginning. And so many times we feel like, you know, who am I? What am I going to do? What's my purpose here on this earth? You know, if you would have been in those days and if you and I would have passed by a barn where some child, we would have heard some child crying, we would have never thought anything of it. We would have thought, man, can you picture that? That child's being born in such poverty. What is he going to grow up to be? Having to be born in a born? Born in poverty? He'll never make anything out of his life. He'll never have a success. He'll never accomplish anything. But how many of you know they didn't know that that cry was the cry of a Redeemer? He was coming to give their life for man. I heard a story about a dad and his little boy who was looking at a painting of, of, the, of the manger scene. And the little boy asked his dad, he says, Dad, why are they having to stay in a barn instead of a hotel? And, and the dad says, well, I guess they were poor, son. And the little boy just stood there and looked a little while, and he looked at that picture. He says, well, Dad, if they were so poor, how could they hire such an expensive painter to go paint their portrait? <laughs> how many know they weren't poor? How many of you know you don't have to be poor anymore? How many know blessed are they who believe in Him? Amen. And so this Christmas story is one of what God can take what seems to be nothing and just make something out of your life. How many know that whenever God needed somebody and God needs people, there is always somebody God can use? It doesn't go along with your natural credentials. You know, how many of you know that the kids who sat with Esther in school never could have dreamed that this little orphan girl was going to one day be queen over the nation and save her people? How many of you know that you hear about David being taken from the sheepfold and you hear about uh, when God needed somebody to deliver his people, he raised up. When all the other kids around uh, in Egypt was dying, God saved Moses in a little basket and raised him up and was brought up in uh, the Pharaoh's house and ended up delivering his people. 
How many know that when God needed somebody, uh, even in slavery, to make them governor, He chose Joseph? And even though it seemed like all of His dreams would never come to pass, they came to pass because God can take what seems to be the least likely and bring them to a place and use their lives. And how many you know that can give you and I hope? You may say, I feel like my best days are over. You're believing a lie. Christ came to give life and give life more abundantly. And if you feel like your life is in a hopeless trend, you feel like you're just going the same way and there's no way out, I want you to know today He came to make a way out and you don't have to accept those things. Amen. He came to redeem us. He came to free us. And when the world seemed like you say today, look at this world, what type of world do we live in? How many know that when the world had turned its back on God, He found Noah? And right now when the world seems to be taking it, turning its back on God, maybe where you work, maybe where you go to school or college, or maybe with your family or friends, whoever they may be, He's got a plan for you to bring them back and to save them. He's got a plan to use you to be a light to them, to let your light shine before God. The Bible says in Matthew 5:16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. But how many of you know, He's got to be understood many times. He's the God of the unusual. Some people hear the testimony of our sister today, and they've heard so many other testimonies, and they go, well, you know, that may happen for her, but you know, that won't happen for me. Or I'm not good enough for that to happen to me. I want us to get an understanding that one thing about John, one thing about Mary, one thing about everybody who surrounded the birth of Christ Jesus, they had a sensitivity to the presence of God. God wants His people to grow in an area of new sensitivity towards Him. Because when you grow in an area of sensitivity towards His presence and for His purpose, you will start believing things that you never even thought could be possible. You know, when we started the church a few years ago on Military Highway, and we were just sometimes eight people, twelve people in that little building, and just wondered, you know, you know, how far it's going to go, what are we going to do, never dreamed we'd be on this major highway in this building and everything that God has done. And now uh, I got an email this week, and we've gotten prophecies, and these prophecies they said, Brother Russell, God has called this church with a governmental mantle. Uh, you will be speaking before uh, politicians, before people in position. God's going to use you in a mighty way. And about two years ago, I was able to uh, give the, our mayor his challenge as we put him into office again. But then uh, this week, I've gotten a letter uh, from Bobby Jindal's office, and they want me to take part next month in putting him into office, our new governor, into office. Hallelujah. And listen, I don't have the biggest church. I don't have a ministry that's well known. We're not on TV. We're just some church here in Pineville. But God just, when He wants to do something, He can do something. Even when you feel like, I can't do anything. Who are we? What am I supposed to do? And now I'm supposed to stand before the state, before the new governor, and put him in a position, give him a challenge and pray for him, and put a Holy Ghost man, put in a spirit-filled a believer, put a Catholic man into office to be our next governor, to be used by the glory of God. I think that God is a God of signs and wonders and miracles. And it doesn't matter how small your beginning may seem, or it doesn't matter where you even find yourself today. God can open up some awesome, mighty doors. Now, how many have ever heard, Horton Hears a Who by Dr. Seuss? Since we're having fun, I thought we'd have fun today, okay? I've been having fun. Anyway, this book came out in 1954. And you know, it just seemed like a typical little kid Dr. Seuss book. But the beginning of this year, a young lady in Washington, D.C. had a dream. 
And in this dream, she saw a building with the word who written over this building. And she went inside and went up in the attic. And the Lord says, I'm going to start bringing back old books to bring in a revival. And as she was looking through these books, she found this book, Heart and Hears a Who. And she says, what's this about? And the Lord says, I'm going to break the power of abortion through this book. Well, she told this prophet, and he put it on the Elijah list. The next day, a minister calls him and says, I had a dream. And in this dream, God says, I'm going to use a lot of old books from the past, and I'm going to use them for my glory. And the Lord gave me this book and says, this is one of the books I'm going to use for my glory. It's Horton, here's a who. That's the second confirmation. Then he writes in in his newsletter, and then some lady goes works at a daycare, and all of a sudden, here comes this child. The next day, here comes a child with a Horton who doll, a Horton the elephant doll. And then another kid comes in right behind with a heart and here's a who backpack. And then another little kid, 10 years old, comes in and says, I had a dream last night. And when little Jojo, who was playing with his yo-yo, ended up prophesying a yop, a yop he was really saying stop to abortionist. So how many of you know people, and I see people, what are you talking about? That's what Christmas is all about. God using things, God saying things, God doing things that blows the natural mind. You know, we think, you know, what is God about to do? And when you read this book, and not only that, you can look it up on the website. How many have ever seen Dr. Seuss's The Grinch Stole Christmas with Ron Howard and Jim Carrey? Well, guess what movie's coming out March the 14th? Harton, here's a who with Jim Carrey and Ron Howard. Now, people say, that's all coincidence. Oh, you can believe in flying reindeer. And you can take your kids and stand two hours to let them get a picture with some old man you don't know who's behind that beard. And we can believe all this stuff. But when God says, I'm going to use the Dr. Seuss book, you say, you crazy. But when you read the Word of God, God's always been what seems to mankind on the crazy side. How would you like to have a prophet and he's running in front of Walmart naked saying, God told me to do this. I mean, God always did some wild and crazy things. And in this book, what's interesting is that here's this elephant. And listen, the elephant, his ears symbolizes it's only those who are in tune with the Spirit who can hear what God is wanting to say. And he's in the water splashing around and he hears a sound and he doesn't understand where the sound's coming from when all of a sudden he hears these small voices. And all of a sudden it says, some poor little person who is shaking with fear that he'll blow in the pool. He has no way to steer. I'll just have to save him because after all, listen now, this is what you're going to hear this coming next year. That rhymes too, Don. <laughs> after all, a person is a person no matter how small. Huh? So he goes on and as you know, the kangaroo wants to kill because he says there's no such voice and there's no such thing. But then this Horton, who has the ears of the prophetic and the trumpet of the church, says, I know there's a person down there. And what's more, 
Quite likely there's two, even three, even four. Quite likely. A family for all that we know, a family with children just starting to grow. So please, Harton said as a favor to me, try not to disturb them. Just let them be. How many know that's the cry against abortion? The kangaroo who wanted to kill him didn't believe this. I bet you're wondering, I didn't come to church to hear Dr. Seuss book. But listen, if God could decide to come to earth and be born in a manger with animals and straw, he doesn't need elaborate. He doesn't. I was talking to a preacher Tuesday. He says, do you know, brother, I stuttered till I was 54, but God still called me in the ministry. I said, that's the type God's looking for. And he goes, Mr. Mayor, Harton says they're wanting to kill you. You've got to make them believe. So, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Mayor, Harton called. Mr. Mayor, you've got to prove now that you are really there. So call a big meeting, get everyone out, make every who holler, make every who shout. And every who scream, if you don't, every who is going to end up in bezel nut stew. And at the dawn, they called the town square and his people crowded loudly. They cried out in fear. We are here. We are here. We are here. How many know they're crying out that they are here? And it goes on to say, And just as he felt he was getting nowhere and almost about to give up in despair, he suddenly burst through a door and the mayor discovered one shrinker quite hidden away in the Fairfax apartments. A very small, very small shrinker named Jojo was standing, just standing and bouncing a yo-yo, not making a sound, not a yip, not a chirp. And the mare rushed inside and he grabbed the young turp. You may say, what's that talking about? That's talking about a new generation who's playing with their Xboxes and they're listening to their iPods and they're not speaking out to the glory of Jesus yet. But until everyone starts realizing they have a voice to speak into the spirit realm and they have a voice to speak for the glory of God and a voice to speak on the behalf of the unknown children, the more we've got who start speaking out on that, the more God is going to be able to move and save lives, save preachers, evangelists, teachers, prophets, worship leaders, ministries. And it says that this little boy, Jojo, he climbed with the lad to the top of the tower. And it says that as he climbed, when they got to the top, the lad cleared his throat and shouted, Yop. How many of the word Yop means stop? And that Yop, that one small extra Yop, put it over. Finally, at last, from that speck on the clover, their voices were heard. They rang out clear and clean, and the elephant smiled. Do you see what I mean? They are proved they are persons no matter how small, and their world was saved by the smallest of all. How true, yes, how true, said the big kangaroo. Now, the kangaroo is the kangaroo court who wants to kill the babies. And from now on, you know what I am planning to do. From now on, I am going to protect them with you. One small voice turned it all around. What they were going to, what they were wanting to kill, now the ones who wanted to kill wants to join in to protect. How many of you know God is not through with this nation yet? God is going to move in this nation. God is going to wake up a church to where every saint is going to know that they have a sound. James Dobson focused on the family. He was aborted and thrown away, and somebody found a nurse found him, raised him up, and he has had a tremendous ministry reaching out to families. 
We've got to get the mindset that I don't know what my life, I, God can do with my life, but Lord, here's my life. Use it, take it, but make me a voice to be able to save lives, to be able to reach the needs of people's lives. Make me something. I'm believing this coming 08 is a new beginning that even the most timid is going to become the most loud. I know a lot of people in this church and know a lot of people, you've been saved a long time. And you say, it's just not my, 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 character to be loud. I'm just going to stay real quiet. Other people are loud enough. We'll let Isabel do the hollering. We're going to let uh, assist uh, others do the whistling, but we're just going to chill and we're just going to take it easy. But God is saying this is the year for you to become a new you. I need a voice. I need a sound. And the Word of God says that when Mary was told that her Aunt Elizabeth was with child, which seemed to be a total miracle, it said that she went and when she walked in there, John the Baptist even as a fetus, even as a small unborn child was so sensitive to the very presence of Jesus started jumping up and down on the inside of her mother's womb and all of a sudden Elizabeth started prophesying and she started proclaiming John was prophesying and he started proclaiming and then Mary started singing my soul doth magnify the Lord my God and my spirit exalts in the Lord my keeper for he has looked upon me in my loneliness and may his name forever be exalted holy Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And when we come to understand at this season, this is the time that when if we are living sensitive to the presence of Jesus, we will see the face of Jesus. Jesus had been prophesied all these years. The Messiah was coming. But it was those who were sensitive, they were able to see His face. If Mary wouldn't have been sensitive, can you imagine? Here comes an angel and tells Joseph, Mary's with child, but don't worry. It's by the Holy Spirit. Take her as your wife. It's those who are sensitive to Him, who's going to see Him this coming new year. You see, it was Simeon who was led by the Spirit. Luke chapter 1 says, he was led by the Spirit and he went and he took a hold of the baby Jesus right out of Mary's arms. And he started saying, Lord, I'm ready to go for my eyes have seen my salvation. How did he know at what precise moment to be there? He was sensitive to the presence of Jesus. Anna, been a widow for 40-something years, serving God day and night in the temple. And at that moment, she goes in there, and she goes and she grabs the baby Jesus, and she starts magnifying because now her eyes and she has sensed this is the one who is to come. The three wise men were brought from far. Why? Because they were sensitive that this is the one that was prophesied about. This is the one who's going to come and crush the head of the enemy. He was going to come and give his life so mankind can be free. This is the one. This is the time for us to renew our sensitivity. To stop being, letting the things of this world harden us to the presence of Jesus. This, these four children were prophetic words for this coming year. They didn't only receive a prophetic word for themselves. Their names prophesied to you and I if we took note. And the second child, who the Spirit of the Lord said, who is like God, who His purity will break open the ways and open up the heavens, is going to be through the move of purity and the purity of how we speak, how we operate. How we move into the things of the Spirit is going to be the opening factor of us seeing an open heaven and us seeing Jesus this coming new year. The name of the one who is the leader of the armies of the Lord. We will have war this year, but purity and peace 
will always win. Where there is a sensitivity, a Lord, I'm sensitive about your presence. When we come in here, when we come to church, when we're living at our homes, whatever we're doing, giving with our families, if we can, if we can just be sensitive that even as that child was in Mary was going to be the Redeemer of the time. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3 that we have the Spirit of God within us. What was in Mary is the same one who is in us. And by the way we receive what He's doing within us is going to be the way things operate around us. Do you want to see miracles in your life? Do you want to see signs and wonders in your life? The way we allow He who is in us to reveal Himself through us will be the way we live this coming year. We are going to have to live off of the bread of heaven. We're going to have to live this coming year off of the Word of God. This is going to be a new year, but a new year of faith. It's going to be a year where we are not going to be walking with yesterday's manna, but we're going to have to receive the Word of God freshly today to walk into our tomorrows. This is the time where we're going to have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit that I do not want to quench your spirit with anything that I say or anything that I do. God is raising up a body of mature believers. Those who are going to be sensitive to the presence of Jesus. Amen? Well, I couldn't even get to my message today because the Holy Spirit has His way and it's late and I know you want to go home. But I couldn't let you go without giving you a word. That just like Mary had to be sensitive to the child she, was, she had in her womb. Church, we've got to be sensitive to who lives inside of us. Because listen, there's a whole lot about Jesus who came as a baby. There's not enough about Jesus whose throne is also the judgment seat for sinners. We can meditate Oh, he's just a sweet baby. He came as a baby. But if we would have as much emphasis on his second return and the standing before him on that day as we do on his first coming as a child, I believe our nation would be more awake. How many of you believe he's coming back? And that he will, we, we will stand before him. We will stand before him on that day to give an account for how we've lived. So I want every head bowed and every eye closed here this morning.